Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. that's not far from the truth, right? That's like not that big of an exaggeration. Some of you are like, maybe not. Hey, uh, before we get into today's message, I want to just shout out one more time. Next week here, third service, after much demand, we are bringing donuts to third service. Um, Just for you. Just for you. Yeah, you asked. You asked. They'll be here. Um, But we're having Friends Day as well. So let's pack this place out. Um, It's been great so far. Great, great beginning to our year. Let's continue to be found people who find people. So Friends Day means this. There's going to be a message that, man, will challenge your friends, um, challenge you as well. And it's just a day we really want to put an emphasis on being found people that find people, on bringing people to a place where they can hear a message that changes their life. Um, Foundation Church, we've already had 13 people just today raise their hand for salvation. Um, And so it's been an awesome, awesome day to see what God is doing. God is doing something in this place, and I really do. I feel like it's the, just the tipping point of what God is, is wanting to do in this place. And just as the pastor of this place, I just got to tell you, I'm just trying to stay out of the way and let God do what he wants to do and not screw it up, um, which is a little bit harder than you might think. So um, today, especially when you're good at screwing things up, today we are in our second week of Makers and Breakers, the second week of Makers and Breakers. And today I'm want to talk to you on the topic of finding the one. Um, We had a a couple here that had been married 56 years after first service, and they walked out. They came and found me, and they said, young man, they go, that is one of the best messages I have ever heard on dating, and it's so applicable to 56-year people that have been married for 56 years don't change a thing. And so um, buckle up, buckos, because this is going to be one of the best sermons you've heard in your life. Um, but how do you know how... I'm, I, Maybe we can discover the secrets of finding the one today. And when I say the one, everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? Like I say the one and you're like the the one that I'm going to be engaged with, the one that I'm going to marry, the one that I'm going to maybe have kids with if their parents guilt us bad enough, the one, you know, that I'm going to hitch my trailer to, the one that is my ride or die, even though I'm not a motorcyclist, um, the one. And, and how do you know who the one is? I've had people ask me, how'd you know when Casey was 
the one. I remember meeting Casey at college. Um, I went to a small Bible college in Waxahachie, Texas, called Southwestern University. And um, some of you are like, did he just speak in tongues or did he say Waxahachie? Um, I said Waxahachie. Um, but uh, I was there, a small Bible college, and, and some other people have been there and know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, it was a great school, very strict. So guys were not allowed in girls' rooms. Girls were not allowed in guys' rooms unless it was the first two days of move-in day. And so it's my junior year. I throw all my junk in the room, and I go hang out in the girls' dorms because you only have two days to get to do that. And so I'm walking around, and I know, I mean, it's small school, so you know everybody except the new people, which is exactly the point and exactly why you go to the dorm on the first two days because you need to meet the new girls girls. Because here's reality at a small college. Now, this is not the reality for ORU. So if we have ORU students, I have heard the ladies are like beautiful and there's a ton of them at ORU. That is not the truth or it wasn't the truth at my school. I'm just telling you. And I'm not saying the guys were any better. Just this is about as good as it got. So sorry, ladies. You know, I'm sorry. Um, um, and this has gotten better with age if that scares you a little bit. But um, here's the deal. I'm walking around and I'm saying hi to my friends. But I'm, I'm, I'm just checking out the new girls. I'm just, and I'm, 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 I am absolutely obnoxious. And I see Casey and she's in her room on her bed talking on her swatch phone. Do you some of you guys remember that? Yeah. The see-through phone. You're like, yeah, I'm so cool. Um, or you've got the Garfield phone. Anyways, um, and you, you're talking on her phone, painting her fingernails. And I was like, ooh, girl. You know, I just, I stopped. I was like, wait, 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 wait. I have not met her. And I go into her room. I don't know her. She doesn't know me. I go and sit on her bed. And I'm like, hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> she's like looking at me. She's got her phone on her on her shoulder, and it's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "When you hang up, we're gonna talk." And so I'm just sitting there listening to her whole conversation, and she hangs up, and I totally overwhelm her, and I haven't stopped overwhelming her since. Um, that's how Casey and I met. And people are like, "Well, how did you know she was the one? When did you know she was the one? You've been married over 20 years now, so so what's the secret sauce? Tell me, tell me, tell me." And, and here's what I tell you, we don't have time for that story first off, but what I would tell you is my story is different than everyone else's story. Everybody has their moment that they knew they were the one. And unfortunately, there's no magic formula to you finding the one. How do you find the one? I have no idea. But what I do know is how you is to tell you how to not find the wrong one, right? How do you not? How do you not find the wrong? Because if we can, if we can, like put some principles in our life that keep us from finding the wrong one, man, this will help us. This will help us not have a whole lot of regrets. And you and I can like have this dating, engaged, married life where we don't have, where it's not full of a ton of regrets. And the first thing I would tell you, and it's not in my points, it's not, in, it's not even in the Bible, okay? So that's dangerous ground. I know, I know. But here's what I would just tell you from, from, from 20 plus years of marriage. Have fun. 
spiritually deep, I know, right? You're like, whoa, that was so depth. So much depth there. Um, that was so deep. Um, have fun. There's so many of you that you're in relationships and you're dating and you're fighting and you're arguing and there's drama. I met somebody the other day that said, hey, uh, 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 man, can you, do, can you do some counseling? And I'm like, first off, I don't do counseling because I'm awful at it. I'm like, you're stupid, you're dumb, stop it, right? Like, that doesn't help anybody, and everybody's crying like, <laughs> I'm like, stop crying, sissy. You did it. Um, anyways, um, so um, they're, like, they're like, man, we're just, we're just having some serious relationship problems, and man, we just need somebody to meet with us. I'm like, oh, okay, are, are you dating? What's up? He's like, yeah, we're, we're dating. I'm like, okay, how long have you been dating? A month. A month? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, and I got down on their level. I go, you want me to meet with you <laughs> because you've been dating a month and you're arguing and fighting and it's no fun? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. And they're like, what? And I'm like, just break up. Break up. If it's not fun in a month, it's going to be awful for a lifetime. <laughs> break up. You do not need counseling. And I was like, how old are you? 18. I'm like, shut up. Just leave. Like, go drink your sippy cup and your goldfish and leave right now. Don't. Dude, you're not. No. I'm like, are you? Here's the deal. And some of you are like, oh, I'm going to have some fun dating. No, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. Like, you need to have self-control, fruit of the spirit, self-control, right? But enjoy the journey. Enjoy having fun. If it's all drama, who you're dating, it's only going to get worse, right? Marriage is a maximizer, not a minimizer. What were faults when you were dating are maximized when you're married. What drove you crazy when you were dating will drive you nuts when you're married. What you loved when you were dating, you are going to love absolutely more once you're married. Make sure you're having fun. But, but not to give you like Bible stuff. Um, how do you not engage in the wrong one? What are some things we can put in to safeguard our lives that help, man, minimize the regrets? The first thing I would tell you is this. If they are self-absorbed now, they will be full-blown selfish later. If they are self-absorbed now, they will be full-blown selfish later. It says this in James chapter 3, verse 14 through 16. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart... Don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. James throws down. And he says this, For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Hear verse 16 one more time. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Hear me on this. If you think being self-absorbed, don't excuse being self-absorbed as a phase. Don't, don't excuse being self. Oh, well, they're just, they're just in this. They're going to grow out of it. No, no, they're not. Let, let's term it this way. We, we, we say a term that means selfish even though we don't like it, 
right? We don't, selfish sounds hard, so we try to polish it, polish the pig up and make the pig look pretty, right? That's what we do. Put lipstick on a pig and it's still a pig, right? So we say, well, we're, we're, I'm just high maintenance. Yeah. If, 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 <laughs> if they're high maintenance now, it, you can't excuse it as a phase. This it's okay for a person to be high maintenance on their birthday, okay? I, I get that. You got a birthday, man, you should be pampered and taken care of. It's great. And, and let me make a disclaimer for all the husbands out there. It is a birthday, not a birthday month, right? Like, praise the Lord, hallelujah, you've been set free. He that the son is set free is free indeed. It, this is not Hanukkah. It is a birthday, okay? You, that, that's truth right there. But, but hear me, it's okay for you to have your birthday moment. But this being high, if, if they're high maintenance now, if they're self-absorbed, if they're selfish now in this phase, when they're trying to impress you, oh my goodness, just wait till they get comfortable and they're not trying to impress you anymore. Man, man, you, you got to run. And the Bible says this, says this in, in verse 16, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Who wants that in a relationship? Yeah, I'll take a little bit of disorder and evil in my relationships. Yeah, sign, sign me up. That's, that's what I've been looking for. But, but this is what the Bible is saying. Wherever there's selfishness, wherever there's high maintenance, man, wherever there's jealousy, you know what the byproduct of that is? Disorder and evil of every kind. So if, if you're, you're looking for the one, if they're, if they're into them, you're like, well, he's just a little into himself. He just spends an hour and 45 minutes in front of the mirror making sure every hair is in its place. Dear God, Ron. Um, you know, if, if, if you're like, they're just, they're just a little self-involved. I'm just telling you, Selfish ambition now turns into full-blown selfishness later. So, so what do you do? What, what do you do if it's too late, right? <laughs> what do you do if you're like, I I'm stuck, and you're sitting right next to him right now, and it's really awkward right now because you know they're, they're, they're high maintenance. They know they're high maintenance, and everybody's palms are sweating right now, right? Like you're like, my armpits have never sweated more in shirts than they are right now because I'm stuck. The help word is the sky is blue. The sky is blue. Um, it's just like, oh, the sky is blue. Help. Um, you know, <laughs> what, what do you do? What do you do? Well, well let me tell you this much. If you think it's too late, if you are not married in this place, hear me, it's not too late. It's not too late. But, but, but Justin, we're engaged. It's not too late. But, but Justin, we put a non-refundable deposit down on our venue. Ugh. It's not too late. I'd rather be out money than live with a regret for the rest of my life. And you're like, well, Justin, that sounds harsh. No, that's truth. And for some of you, you feel stuck. You have not said, I do yet. Get unstuck. Get unstuck. Do the hard thing that's the right thing. Because most of the time, doing the right thing is doing the difficult thing. 
Man, don't, don't, don't excuse it as a phase. Don't excuse it as, as everybody can have a moment, but there's a difference between a moment and a phase. Selfishness is not a face thing. It is a character thing, and you need to understand it. There is a root character thing that is involved with selfishness. So what do you do if you're married? <clears throat> what do you do if you're in a marriage that that person is selfish? That person is high maintenance. And everybody's like, why is he looking at me right now? Um, why? What, what do you do? Well, well, hear what Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 4 says. And, and here's what I, I truly believe with all my heart. If we can live these scriptures right here, we can wipe divorce out of the marriages in the church. It says this. It says, do not be selfish. So if you're selfish, here's what Paul's saying. Here's the fix. Stop it. Right? You're high maintenance? Stop it. Stop it. Enough already. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Then what I do? <laughs> be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. In other words, it's a race to the back of the line. It's not about me first, me first, me first. It's about, no, no, you first. Don't look out only for your own interest but take an interest in others too. Don't make, make sure not just that your needs are getting met, but be more interested about meeting your spouse's need. Can I tell you, if we could, if we could live, this verse could be, a, we're in a series called Makers and Breakers. This is the maker part of our series. You want to make your relationship last for the long haul? Let this be a reality and not just a scripture in the Bible that you read, but let it be a reality that you live out. And you're going to make a great relationship because it is based on the word of God. Because can I tell you, when you're having an affair, when you decide to cheat on your spouse, that's just being selfish. Because it's about what I feel, what I need, what I want, my feelings, my feelings, my feelings. And it's just being selfish. No pastors are going to say it, but I'm telling you, it's selfish. And he says, stop being, don't be selfish, but look to others' needs. Well, what about my, that's not what Paul is saying. Stop worrying about your needs. Be humble. Go to the back of the line, thinking of others as better than yourself. Man, you want a marriage that lasts? Live out Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. And watch how it makes your relationship. The second thing I would tell you about how to stay away from the wrong one <coughs> is this. Have standards and don't apologize for them. Have standards and don't apologize for them. Be picky about who you date, because who you date will become your mate. Boom, just blew your mind right there. <coughs> who you date will eventually become your mate, and you better have a list of what you're looking for, or you will fall for anything. Be, be picky. Have standards, and don't feel bad about them, right? Like, we have these, <coughs> excuse me, we have these standards, and we have these expectations, and when somebody's interested in us, and, but they don't meet the expectation and the standard, we feel bad about it. And we're like, but, but, well, uh, I, I guess, I, you know, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> we're like, well, you know, I, I guess they're on their 10th marriage and... I really, I, I just, no, I, I, I guess, but, but and, and you feel like you're hurting their feelings. 
<coughs> excuse me, man, have standards and don't apologize for them. If I go to the store to buy Oreos, can I tell you, when I go to the store to buy Oreos, if, if, if my wife shows up with these or if I go to, to Walmart, these don't show up in my house, right? There's a standard that has been set in my house. Great value, twist and shout. What, what, what? What is this? Like, I don't under, I don't understand. Some of you are like, those aren't that bad. They're awful. Because they're called great value twist and shout. How do you know? I don't know. They're, they're not Oreos. Can, these, are never, these will never come into the Graves household. If you show up to my house with twist and shout great values, you can come in, but I will make you, don't, try me. I will make you leave the twist and shout great value Oreos down at my door. Well, what if I can't afford Oreos? You tell me and I'll go buy the Oreos and you come to my house and we'll enjoy a real cookie. Because here's the deal. I told my wife, can you buy some double stuff Oreos? Because I want to eat this illustration. There's a major difference in the double stuff O-R-E-O and the great value twist and shout. This don't make nobody twist and shout, by the way. Can I just tell you? There are some things, there are some attributes you just can't let in your home. And that attribute is the twist and shout great value cookie for me. But here's the crazy thing. Some of us have bigger standards for our cookies than who we date. We're more picky about what we choose for dessert than who we engage in a relationship with. And we have a bigger checklist for our, for our grocery store. We have a bigger checklist for this and that. But who we date, we're like, well, I don't really know what I'm looking for. If you don't know what you're looking for, you don't need to engage. If you don't have a standard that you have set, you don't, you're not ready to engage in a relationship because I can tell you this, you will almost engage in the wrong one until you identify what you want in the right one. And that was really good that only you guys got. It took me three services to come to that point right there. Man, make sure that you have standards and you don't apologize for them. Proverbs 31 verse 30 says this, Charm can fool you and beauty can trick you, but a woman who respects the Lord should be praised. Charm can fool you and beauty can trick you. This is the Justin Graves version of this, of this scripture. She can, oh, she is so fine, right? Like, she is fine. Yes, charm, charm can fool you. Man, she can look fine, but is she good? It's a big difference. She, she can look good, but does she love the Lord? Because charm can fool you, and beauty can deceive you. But man, a, a woman that respects and loves the Lord, get out of here. Wah, 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 Right? He, he can look good, oh, but he is cut like a Greek god when he takes his shirt off. Like, you don't, you don't understand. Like, he, 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 <laughs> my, whoa, you know, will you accept this rose? Like, you know, you're just like, I, I, I just don't under, under, he can, he can, he can look good, but charm can fool you, and beauty can trick you, but a man who respects the Lord should be praised. A man who loves the Lord. Wah, 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 right? 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I am totally ridiculous today. But how do, well, some of you are going, well, how do you, how, do you, how do you know if they love the Lord? Well, here's what I can tell you. Don't just believe them because they told you they love the Lord. Right? That's, and some of you are like, well, that sounds super critical. No, it's just really wise because everybody in Tulsa is a Christian, right? Like everybody's got a gold chain. Like, oh, are you a Christian? Oh, oh yeah, man, I love the Lord. I was clubbing last night. My chain was just jiggling back and forth, right? Like it was right there. My cross was glistening for all the ladies to see. Like, like <laughs> what? What? Like, okay. Um, you know, here, how, do, how do you know? How do you know if they really love the Lord? Man, you watch how they act and you watch how they behave. Well, well, Justin, that sounds like you're saying be judgmental of them. No, 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 no. Here's what the Bible does say. You know a tree by the fruit it bears, right? So I said, I'm not telling you to tell that tree what it is. Just watch for a while. Well, Justin, that's going to take some time. And I want to get married now, right? <laughs> like, like, I want the right one now. Hey, hey, go slow and get to know. Go slow with that person. No, no matter your face, no matter your age of life, go slow and get to know. People are going to push back on this point. They always do. And I would tell you, read Proverbs. Wisdom says get wisdom and understanding, though it costs all you have. Do you know how you get wisdom and understanding through time? And you got to go slow, and you gotta, you got to get to know who they are because you can be hoping for an apple tree, and you don't want to get stuck with a plum tree because a plum tree turns into prunes after a while, right? Like, it, hear me, a tree will eventually bear the fruit that it will bear, but you've got to be patient and wait. Have standards and don't apologize for them. That's the other thing I would tell you is don't ignore the red flags. Man, there are warning signs. Man, the Holy Spirit's saying, stop, 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 stop. And you're like, I can take it. I can make it. I had a friend that went off skiing two years ago. And he ignored the off-limits, like the, the, there's terrain that's been groomed, and then there's the out-of-bounds area. And he went to ski the out-of-bounds area, and he got lost, and he got in trouble, and he had to spend the night on a mountain. Like, in the snow, nobody knew where he was, and he was lucky to be alive. He had frostbite all over him. They actually found him. He's like, Justin, it was my own fault because I went to a place I knew I shouldn't have gone. And what is true for him is true of you. There are warning signs, and don't think you can handle it. You're a good enough person. You're a good, you've got, you're strong enough. No, 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 no. Have your standards and don't apologize for them. The third thing I would say is this. Those, the one should be more about building boundaries than making you compromise. The one should be more about building boundaries than making you compromise. And every dad of a female in here should be like, eh. Man, build them more. Build that wall. Build, build more boundaries than making you compromise. Someone really loves you. Hear me. If they truly love you, they will be more about building boundaries with you than they will about asking you to compromise. They will, you will always find somebody to be like, oh, girl, I love you. I, you don't understand. I love you like no man's ever loved you. But can I tell you, if they really love you and if they love the relationship, 
They will love you and they will love the relationship more than they love their urges, their desires, and the moment. They will be about building boundaries instead of constantly asking you to compromise. When Casey and I got engaged, Casey and I uh, been dating uh, uh, probably about a year and a half, two breakups, because I was an idiot, and um, my fault, and I totally own it, and that's not this sermon. But once we got engaged, uh, I had graduated college, I had my own apartment, Casey was living with her parents, and we had to build some guidelines. We had to build some, uh, some boundaries and some, just some, some guardrails for our relationship, because we wanted to make it to the end without having sex um, until we got married. And so something I had waited my whole life, Casey waited her life. And so we put these boundaries and we put these guardrails up. And one of them was, um, I had my own apartment and Casey could not come in my apartment. Like she could come over and like we could jump in the car together, but she could not come into my apartment. And I remember there was times she didn't understand. She's like, I don't, I don't understand why I can't come in. Are, are you like filthy? Are you a hoarder? What, what's what's happening? And I'm like, and I literally, she's at the door and I peek my, my mouth through the crack in the door. I'm like, if you come in here, I will attack you like a bear. I cannot control myself. I'm like, girl, I will, like, I will attack you. You know, and my daughters, my teenage daughters are like throwing up in their mouth right now. Like hear me talk about me and my wife, like, wow, wow, wow. Um, you know, and they're just like, Ugh, dad, mom. Ugh. I love having teenagers in the, in the service with us. But here's the deal is that I loved us and I loved her and I loved our relationship more than I loved my lust. And can I tell you, at some point, if they're really the one, they're going to love you and they're going to love the relationship and they're going to want to honor the way God tells us to live our relationships out more than they're going to ask you to compromise. Here's what it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through 6, uh, 1 and then 6 through 9. It says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. Imitate God in everything. Everything you do, because you're his. Imitate him in your dating life. Imitate him in, in, in everything you do in your marriage life, in your engaged life. Imitate him in everything you do. Why? Because you aren't your own. You're his dear children. Verse 6, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse their sins. Like, ah, it's not a big deal. You can do whatever you want. You can do this, right? right? I'm just, uh, there's grace, there's forgiveness here. Don't, don't excuse your sin for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in things these people do. For once you were full of darkness. Once you didn't know better, right? You didn't, you didn't know how to conduct yourself. But now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So live as people of light. Are you living as people of light when it comes to your relationship? Because if so, this verse takes your relationship from I can to should I. And, and, and the mindset of I can do this to should I do this is two totally different spheres. Man, it is two totally different realms. I 
can I do this is asking for permission, right? Like, like I, I'm, I can do this and I can get forgiveness. Can I, can I do this? Can I do this? I can, I can do this. I can do this. But when you come to a place, what should I do this? And say, man, is this, is this imitating God in everything that I do? Is, is this setting boundaries? Is this setting guardrails up in my relationship with the person and then my relationship with the Lord? Because here's the deal about boundaries and guardrails. Boundaries and guardrails keep us from drifting into places that harm us and other people. That's their whole purpose. And boundaries and guardrails you have to be proactive about because if you, if you wait to put them up in your life until you need them, it's too late. You have to be proactive to have them there to keep you from drifting off course. Married people, can I tell you, you need boundaries and you need guardrails in your marriage and in your relationship that you and your spouse, you decide, man, I'm more about putting boundaries and guardrails in my life than asking my spouse to constantly compromise. No, no, no. If you're really imitating God in everything you do, you will be proactive in putting boundaries and guardrails in your life. And if they're the ones hear me, man, they're going to imitate God in everything that they do. And they're going to be way more about building boundaries and guardrails in your relationship. They're going to ask you to keep compromising those boundaries and those guardrails. It says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through 15. Most of us are very familiar with this passage of scripture when it comes to relationships. It says, don't be yoked together with unbelievers. Yoked, I'm yoked. Um, Don't be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Here's here's what I would tell you. Um, Being yoked, I don't know why I just said I'm yoked, yo. Um, Being yoked, most of us are like familiar with this scripture. We've heard it said. Um, The pastor gets up and talks about dating, and this is our go-to verse, right? I mean, this is what we do. We talk about don't be yoked with unbelievers. Paul, we need to understand, was an expert in Jewish law and Jewish customs. Um, he, he, He knew it. And so when he's saying this scripture, he's actually referencing a scripture that's a command in Deuteronomy. And that scripture is Deuteronomy 22.10 that says this, do not, plow with an, do not plow with an ox and a donkey yoked together. Do not plow with an ox and a donkey yoked together. So I started doing some research, and this is what I found. It's absolutely unfair and essentially inhumane to expect two different kinds of animals having opposing characters to work well and enthusiastically together while they pull a plow or a wagon. Because when the donkey, the lighter and shorter beast of burden, is bound, is tied or yoked to the ox, which is the heavier and taller draft animal, the donkey won't be able to keep up with the ox. Since an ox and a donkey are different species with unequal strength, disposition, and ability, God is teaching his children that the plowing of a field would be made far more difficult than would be necessary, all because these dissimilar animals cannot work comfortably or cheerfully together, thus yoking them together for the purpose of drawing a plow or a wagon or so forth would mean that the ox inevitably would overpower the donkey and the much smaller, the much smaller and shorter animal. This unequally yoked 
yoking also means that the donkey's pace would be slower because he would be receiving an inequitable load as his strength and size in no way matches those of the more fat, physical, powerful ox. What Paul is saying, the metaphor that pertains to marriage is this. The spiritual application of the apostle's phrase is that a believer not only should marry another believer, but also that a believer should marry someone who spiritually can keep up with him or her. Put differently, a believer should marry someone who's plowing at the same pace and in the same field. And here's what I would tell you. It's our last point. Stop settling for donkeys when you were designed to be an ox. Stop settling for donkeys. The King James Version has a different word for donkeys here. Um, Stop settling for donkeys. You can read it yourself. Um, It's the Bible. Stop settling for donkeys when you were designed to be an ox. Ephesians 2.10. We talked about this last week. For we are God's masterpiece designed to do good deeds. You're an ox. God has designed you and me to do good deeds, to do great things. You're an ox. So why would you yoke your, don't, don't get yoked with a donkey, right? It's going to slow your pace. All that the Lord has for you, it just pulls you down. Do not settle for a donkey. Wait for your ox. Some of you ladies are like, I don't like him calling me an ox or a donkey. Get over it right? You're an ox in this place. You're designed to do great things in this place. And you know, the only thing that can slow you down is if you allow yourself to be tied or, or yoked or, 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 or tied bound to a donkey. The only way that a donkey can slow you down, hear me on this, is for you to become a donkey yourself. That's the only way it works. Some of you, man, you've got so much greatness inside of you. So much great. Don't, don't, don't get yoked to the wrong thing. Find somebody you can go far with instead of fast with. Man, you, fast is so overrated in relationships. Man, give me somebody I can go far with and accomplish great things instead of just a short burst and just go fast and we fizzled out. Do you know how that happens? You wait. Uh, Justin, I don't want to wait. You wait. You wait upon the Lord. You patiently wait upon the Lord. I know it's, it's, not, it's not the sermon you want to hear, but it's a sermon you need to hear. Because the scripture says this, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall walk and not grow weary They shall walk and not faint. Right? The only way that happens is if you and I wait. And he's destined you for great things. You are his masterpiece. And he's prepared you to do great things, to do good deeds. So don't settle. Have your expectations, have your standards, and don't settle. Don't dismiss what you need to pay attention to. And man, set your guardrails up. Keep those guardrails in place. Keep those boundaries in place. And be the ox that God has called you to be. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. 
And God, I, I just pray right now that in this place, this would be a, a sermon that we learn to apply to our life. Whether we're married, whether we're dating, whether we're single, God, there's application for every single one of us from this message. And so, Lord, your, your word is true. Your word is powerful. But, God, it only really starts changing and truly stepping into the power when we apply it. Because information plus application equals transformation every single time. And so, Lord, I pray that there would be the transformation of our life, of our heart, of our relationship that only comes from the application of your word. And so, Lord, wherever we are, whatever we're dealing with, speak to us. And, Lord, don't let this be a message that we hear, but let it be one that we apply. Let us realize, God, that there are things that make relationships and break relationships. God, there are things that, that Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 4, don't be selfish, but humble yourself. Consider others more important than you are. Don't just be about your interest, but take an interest in others. God, that is a making verse for relationships. And so, Lord, I pray today that we would be humble, that we would realize we don't have it all figured out, that, God, we wouldn't make relationships all about us, but we would race to the end of the line. And we'd take interest in our spouse, in our fiance, in our boyfriend, in our girlfriend, and just in others in general. God, speak to us today. And Lord, let us wait patiently because God, we're your masterpiece. God, you have prepared us to do great things for your kingdom. And I pray that we would wait until the right one comes, that we wouldn't talk ourselves into the wrong one, but we would be patient to wait for the right one. In Jesus' name, I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here and I'm not where I should be in my relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to give you a chance to change that. Maybe you've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life, or maybe you're here and you're just not where you should be in your relationship with Him. And you say, man, I I need to change that. I'm going to count to three in just a second, and we're going to ask you to raise your hand. We're not going to have you stand up. We're not going to lead you into another room. We're not going to make you feel awkward or weird at all. We're just going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. But for some of us, we keep missing this moment. For some of us, we keep putting this moment off. And for you today, this is your moment to own. This is your moment where change happens. And I'm getting ready to count to three. Don't miss this moment. Man, oh, if, if, there's a, if there's a recommitment that needs to happen, if there's a first-time decision that needs to happen, step into the moment that God has for your life and your destiny and your relationship with Him. One two, three. Is there anyone here today? Yeah, there's one hand. Is there any, there's two hands. Is there anybody else? You join these two hands that are lifted in this place today and you say, Justin, that's me. There's three hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. And I want to join these three hands that are lifted before we go any further in service today, because I'm not where I need to be in my relationship with them. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today 
and I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. Jesus, I ask that your love and grace would enter my life. I turn away from the life that I was living to take hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Can we give these individuals that raised their hand this morning, man, what an awesome, awesome moment. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.